This podcast sponsored by Prime Super, a leading industry super fund specialising in the health and aged care sector. Go to primesuper.com.au to see what we can do for you. A swallowing impairment known as dysphagia is a little known medical problem with a significant cost on our health system. Researchers from Flinders University found that people in hospital who also have dysphagia need to stay for longer. Here to speak about how nurses can help is one of the researchers of this project, Dr. Sebastian Dolchen. So doctor, can you tell us what is dysphagia? Dysphagia is is swallowing impairment. Um, When we swallow, we use 32 pairs of muscles that move food from the mouth down into our stomach. As humans, we, we have a particular challenge because our uh, air passage and, and food passage, they, they cross over in the throat. So at any given point in time, we have to close one or the other off. Um, and during swallowing, of course, the airway needs to be closed off so that food or drinks don't end up in our lungs. Because if they do, then um, that can lead to choking or coughing episodes, um, and at worst can lead to um, an infection of the lungs, uh, which we know as aspiration pneumonia. Um, dysphagia has a significant negative impact on, on a person's quality of life. If you imagine not being able to, to eat or drink, um, you, can, you can understand that someone with dysphagia would not be able to have um, a cup of coffee with a colleague or a friend or a meal with friends and family. Um, and most of our social interactions are occurring over over food and drink and so not being able to partake in that very often leads to to social isolation. And what did the research show? Yeah, so so we know that dysphagia has a significant impact on quality of life across very many different domains. Um, And anecdotally, uh, we also knew that, that patients with dysphagia tend to stay longer in hospital and that their care is very complex and and therefore costs a fair bit of money. Um, So we brought together a team of of experts who systematically searched through the international literature for any studies that have evaluated the the cost of dysphagia or um, any data that shows the the length of stay um, of of people people with dysphagia um, in hospital. And we found that on average, people with dysphagia stay three to four days longer in hospital and their care costs about 40% more than people that um, arrive in hospital with a similar underlying um, illness but without dysphagia. And this finding was actually very significant and very consistent um, across different healthcare systems across the world. Um, and also very consistent for different underlying illnesses. So no matter whether you come in with a stroke or a motor neuron disease or Parkinson's disease or head and neck cancer, if a person presents with dysphagia on top of their underlying condition, then their cost is going to be, that their care will cost um, significantly more and they will stay in hospital for um, a few days longer. Dysphagia is a common consequence of health conditions like stroke and neck cancer, to name a few. But why is this condition so little known? Um, That's that's actually a very good question. I'm not sure that I have a perfect answer for that. 
Um, but if you imagine not being able to swallow, um, having frequent episodes of choking, not being able to, to manage your own saliva, um, perhaps even being um, fed through a tube that is placed either through the nose or directly into the stomach. You know, for many people, um, this can this can lead to social isolation because they're, they're not very uh, keen to, to openly talk about this. Um, and so um, perhaps that's one of the reasons that as a, as a community, we're, we're not really talking much about um, swallowing problems. Um, for us as healthcare professionals, of course, we respect this in, in the individual case, but, but as the, the healthcare professions um, as a whole, um, we of course play an important role in raising awareness for dysphagia um, and, and looking into opportunities to um, do more research and, and improve clinical care for, for people who, ha who, who have dysphagia. Tell us, what are some of the signs of this condition? Yeah, so some of the, the common signs um, that are very, very um, overt and obvious are uh, coughing or choking during a mealtime um, or presenting with a wet, gurgly voice um, after someone has eaten. Um, and if there's persistent dysphagia, um, then they might also present with a raised temperature as an early sign of a developing um, lung infection or, or pneumonia. What is important, though, to, to remember is that there are also very subtle signs that aren't quite as overt as, as coughing and, and choking. Um, it could be that, that a person with swallowing problems uh, doesn't finish their meal or they, they start uh, drinking less because it's uncomfortable or it, it doesn't work properly. Um, and we also know that in the otherwise healthy elderly pop population, um, swallowing function slowly but steadily declines. And people are very good at, at accommodating for those changes. For example, they stop eating steak because it's harder to chew um, and more difficult to swallow. So they don't necessarily um, present with overt uh, swallowing impairment, um, but they've accommodated to a certain degree to, to um, manage those emerging difficulties. So it's really important um, that we raise the awareness for dysphagia, but also work on early identification of those that present with dysphagia so that we can provide um, intervention and management um, as early as possible. How can nurses help patients with dysphagia recover? Yes, um, look, nurses play a really important and central role in, in the care of, of um, people with dysphagia in, in different ways. Um, of course, primarily being aware of of the prevalence and, and, and the, the impact of dysphagia is, is very critical. Um, nurses, of course, play a, a very important role in, in monitoring uh, the changes within the patient, um, any episodes of choking, um, any changes in temperature, any changes in, in the patient's behaviour. Um, because really, the nurses are the cold phase of patient care and, and can liaise between the patient and, and other health professions. Um, and, and if they're unsure, there's always um, the opportunity to consult, consult with speech pathology um, who are trained, uh, specifically trained in, in the management and the assessment of, of swallowing. Um, critically important um, is the nurse's role in, um, in oral hygiene. 
Um, if you imagine if food um, falls into the lungs that has traveled through and the risks for developing a lung infection are significantly higher than, than if oral hygiene has, has been maintained. Um, and nurses play a really important role um, in that. And then lastly, trained nurses also play a really a big role in, in screening and identifying uh, those patients that are at risk um, so that they can receive early speech pathology assessment. And research has shown that um, in systems where uh, nursing screens have been um, implemented, um, that leads to early identification of patients with dysphagia, and that significantly reduces the risk of these patients um, to die in hospital because of aspiration pneumonia. So it really affects people's lives, and, and nurses play a, a big role in, in managing dysphagia. How can nurses help in greater dysphagia awareness? Yes, so um, of course being aware themselves is, is a, um, a big part. Being aware that dysphagia is critically important and that we have to identify it early and, and treat it early. Um, but also being aware that, that it um, occurs across the board, uh, not just in those, those big conditions like stroke and motor neuron disease and Parkinson's disease, uh, where we know and where we expect dysphagia to happen, uh, but also in, in conditions um, that we see on the general medicine board, um, across um, diuretic med medicine, in, in nursing homes, in, in home health settings. Um, so, so being aware themselves um, will, will really um, help with, with raising dysphagia awareness. Um, but also um, talking to colleagues about it. Um, really, if anyone who's listening to this podcast would... Um, ask one or two of their colleagues, wow, imagine what it would be like not being able to swallow, then we would spread the word and we would raise awareness in the profession as to how critical dysphagia affects patient care, patient quality of life, but also cost to the healthcare system. And finally, where to from here? Um, another very good question. Um, in, in Australia, you know, we're very good at screening for dysphagia in those high-risk populations. Stroke, neurodegenerative conditions, we're very good at, at screening there. Um, but what we can perhaps improve is the processes to screen um, the more general medical population um, because it, it's really important to, to raise the awareness there. So. So one of the things from here we would like to do is, is to continue to raise awareness for the importance of dysphagia. Um, but from a research perspective, the, the swallowing research teams here at Flinders University um, are leading research in different areas of, of dysphagia care. Um, there are groups that are looking at, at novel assessment methods that, that give us very patient-specific objective measures of swallowing function. And with increasing that, that diagnostic specificity, we're able to really target interventions to the specific patient uh, to increase their, their health outcomes. Um, and then there's also groups that look at novel interventions that, that broaden our ability to, to help those that are affected by dysphagia 
um, in really novel and innovative ways. That may include um, brain stimulation, that may include neuroplasticity sort of based approaches, but also behavioral changes and, and behavioral interventions that can help improve swallowing biomechanics and ultimately um, health outcomes and, and participation in everyday life and, and, and with that quality of life.